0: House of Low is a sanctuary for finding connection to your truest essence. House of Low invites you to be the creator of your own life, embracing the unknown and accepting what the universe has in store for you. House of Low is a haven for abundance, beauty, connection, freedom, where your soul's yearning for more is met with the deep belief that there is enough on this earth for everyone to thrive. House of Low is a community that holds space for your next evolution. Even when your world is seemingly crumbling around you, you are unstoppable. House of Low guides you to your eternal spirit, allowing you to fully come home to yourself within yourself, holding all the new things that the universe will open up for you. House of Low is birthing a spiritual renaissance, setting the stage for your own personal rebirth through victory and wisdom. Enter into the House of Low and step into the flow of miracles, magic, and synchronicity. You're safe here. House of Low, a sanctuary for the soul. I'm Low, your host, and it's an honor to share this space with you. Thank you for listening. Truly, it is time for us to activate heaven on earth. Welcome in. Mm, I am asking everyone who's listening to settle in for this <laughs> sacred. Ask conversation that's about to happen with two of my favorite people on the planet, my soul family, and I'm very excited to be bringing this conversation to all of you today. So I would love to welcome with the deepest welcome and biggest hug ever, my people. We have today Nur Azima, who is an embodiment guide, and Eric Yuresk with us, who is a mindset coach. They are doing next level work in the world to heal this planet and all the humans on it. So it's a small little mission, you know, no big deal. And they're also in divine union. They are together on this mission, which is even harder. And so, you know, I bow down and honor both of you. Thank you both for being here so much. It means the world to me. Thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I would love for whoever wants to go first for you to talk, whatever you feel called to share right now about a little bit about your background, what brought you to this, this moment in life and what is your mission? What's the work you're doing in the world?
1: So, yeah, right now I I primarily work with men. I do work with some women. Uh, It it happens from time to time on really just creating like a holistic life. right? So I, I say mindset coach and it it's because it's like, it's really hard to encapsulate a lot of the work that that I do in completion it's like how do i support men in creating a holistic lifestyle that supports them right and so different people are stuck in different places i've had the privilege to be stuck in so many different ways and have to navigate out of it and and so yeah i really pull from a, a large dish of of things that i can that i can serve to people if you will I was a uh, professional fighter for ten years. Uh, I also coached uh, a lot of world champions in mixed martial arts. When I retired and became a coach, and and then I, I moved into what I'm doing now. And and prior to all that, I was a career criminal and a and a drug addict uh, through my teens, and got sobered up pretty young in my my early twenties, and and started my life path there. So yeah, there's there's lots to to pull from, and I really I really enjoy. When somebody comes to me and and they feel stuck, they've got this thing and and creating clarity. Okay, this is this is actually the crux of the problem. This is where I want to go from where I am now. And then okay, how do we get there? What's in the way of getting there? And then and then we just we get moving, we we start moving them towards where they'd like to be.
0: Mm, So powerful. Thank you for the work you do, Eric. You know how sacred I feel it is, and everyone feels so thank you. No, let's go, Boo. What are you doing ah. in the world? Who are you? <laughs> you know, we love your story, so now thousands of people get to hear it.
2: <laughs> I am Azima. Um, today nowadays I facilitate healing through feeling. Um, mm. yeah, so I got people home into their bodies, past all these spicy memories, past all these stories of can'ts and shoulds. Um. And I guide people home into being themselves, fully embodied and whatever. And I come from Singapore from an Asian Muslim household. Uh, I pretty much grew up around fitness all my life. I literally grew up in a gym. It was my playground. So I've always been connected to the body. A lot of knowledge around the body since I was a little kid. But I think what Shifted my journey from being, you know, personal trainer is my own shifts and navigating my dark nights of the soul. I suddenly felt called to moving across the world with eighty dollars in my bank account, which was honestly really freaking stupid. Like I still think it was, but I needed to do it. and uh, I'm the kind of girl that you know has to fuck around and find out. I found out that. Um, I needed to be here to, you know, get free of a lot of things that were holding me back, right? All my compulsive patterns and habits and things like that. And the reason why I guide people home into themselves today is because at that time in my healing process, all I had was me and my body, the wisdom in my body, the way that nothing else was working other than just being with this, (laughs) all the messages that my body was trying to communicate to me, all the stored emotions, the stories underneath that, that even the ickiest, darkest emotions had something to say, um, had something that told me that these even darker parts of me can sometimes be like just something helpless that just wants some love and um, (laughs) it was through this process that I realized why I was given this name too right like the ability to just be in the dark shit and bring light into those parts and then sharing it with others because why wouldn't I
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have chills listening to you talk. It's so powerful. I see you both as lighthouses on this planet for people. And I know many people are drawn into your space and drawn to you from God because they need you and your your healing powers because what you have both transcended and continue to transcend is next motherfucking level in the human experience. And I don't It is not lost on me. Well, it's an honor to truly have you here. And it's not lost on me that you both have been through a lot. And the fact that you're in your leadership. And our fully full-blown light workers, like fully doing this work amidst your own personal, like we talk about, we all just we're being called up continually into our greatness every day. So when people like when I talk about even at our event we were at, you know, where we talked about death and rebirth, when I talk about death, I mean it. Like all of us doing this work for real live this way every single day. And you both live this work and you're together, which is even harder. So I just want to honor you for that. I, I truly, truly do. And where I want to start is how you met (laughs) (laughs) my, one of my favorite stories ever. Um, it should be a movie, but, maybe. but I want to start with where you, where you met, how you met. And I want you to both talk about in whatever way feels good, the fighting aspect, like you both have spent a lot of time in that. And I know what it calls up. I mean, I do boxing and that alone is hard, but what you do is next level. So I, (laughs) I want you to talk about, that part of your, your journey and like what the physical aspects of being in that world taught you to Eric's point, and also what it continues to open up in you. Cause you both really are here to be embodied in different ways, right. In the, in the masculine and the feminine, but yeah, let's, let's, let's start at the, at the beginning of that part.
1: (laughs) So uh, I was living in Thailand at the time. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I I fought professionally for 10 years. and I retired when I was thirty-five and stepped into the, the the head coaching role at a gym in in Thailand and and had a lot of success with that. Uh, but I also continued my own martial arts journey and, and training every day in uh, competitive jujitsu. Uh, and she had come and visited, I think, in like two thousand and fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. My ex boyfriend. Yeah, she was there with her ex boyfriend. Huh. So. Um, and I, it was getting
2: juicy already. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I thought she was i thought she was fine so i was like oh i'm gonna <laughs> slap her boyfriend up on the mat because he <laughs> don't deserve that
2: <laughs>
1: yeah so tossed her boyfriend around a little bit and then yep. uh, we uh went we actually all went and had lunch afterwards he was uh putting on some events and whatnot and so uh
2: yeah i was part of a company that organized like grappling events up I- in or in asia so we were kind of that trip was to just get to know what jujitsu is like in the region and yeah visited um phuket top team where he was teaching i think i was covering for a class actually but he was teaching there and that's where i met him for the first time and and also experienced just his like presence um the way that he commanded a room the way that people would just like listen to him he um, has that. this
0: wisdom. Eric has this like wisdom about him where you just listen. Like he's
2: like one of the wise elders and you're like, yeah. I'll like, I'll like, shut the fuck up, you know. <laughs> <Never Like. really>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, that's what kind of like drew me to him too, just like his intensity, even like when we um sat and had a meal together to just like talk and everything. I was like, damn, he knows what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and so she came back like two years later without him
0: mm.
1: so I slid in the dms like any good man does and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh I yeah invited her to I don't know kick it or whatever
2: no I, yeah and I, I don't think I was like even like planning on doing anything because I was there with my work friends but then we saw each other on the street and then I'm like oh, okay I, I guess you know
0: you know what was working right that's the soul contract your souls it's a whole thing it's all orchestrated from above and we're just down here like what's happening so it's so magical it's so magical but cool. okay so two years later there you are
1: yeah I saw her I saw her with some friends like as I was cruising down the street on my on my bike uh on my moped and um yeah so I hit her up and we we ended up I took her out I took her to I took her to a ladyboy bar. <laughs> Love it.
2: Uh, yeah, it showed me the nightlife in Phuket. I yeah. was like blown away cuz I'm like this, you yeah. know, girl from And really were and everything like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and honestly, yeah, we just like got like co- coffee and a chocolate chip cookie from Starbucks and walked around and showed her <laughs> the the insanity of of Patong, which yeah. is like the party district in Phuket and uh yeah we hung out a couple days in a row
2: yeah and, the next day like yeah. hit me up for breakfast and after that you know stayed hanging out with me and my friends when we went to the beach and then stayed for like dinner it was just like so natural too that's right yeah 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 and um and then
1: i had to leave yeah then she had to leave Hmm. Um, it was interesting because i was coming i was like i was on the streak of a lifetime when i met her with uh with women i was doing Ah, yeah she ruined it um (laughs) (laughs) but no more of that (laughs) but no but i remember thinking i was like oh man maybe i shouldn't like and this was not spoken about but i was like i feel like i shouldn't or i don't need to talk to any other girls right now
0: wow
2: you know And at the same time, when I got back, so here's the thing. When I went on that second trip, I was still with my ex-boyfriend. And I thought he knew that. But it was until I got home when he asked me, are you still with Homeboy? And I'm like, yeah, but I thought you knew that.
0: Yeah.
2: And he's like, no, I thought you weren't. That's why you're out here without him. And so he posed a question to me because it also came up in like, One of the many hour-long conversations that we've had when we did meet like he asked me if i was being honest with myself and that was the first time anyone has ever asked me that question and i was open to receive it you know um and that like changed everything for me once that seed was planted i was like holy fucking shit i've been existing in like relationships on a surface level because I was so terrified of intimacy and I would have this pattern of staying on that surface and then you know constantly seeking outside myself because I'm like anything deeper is too scary you know and then he came around and ruined it by asking me that question (laughs) And I realized that I couldn't live in that way anymore. Just being dishonest with myself and also harming other people around me from that place of dishonesty. Um, And so I had to come clean to everything. It was really uncomfortable. Um, We ended up staying in contact and it was kind of this like long distance friendship type of thing for a little bit. Finally broke up with my partner at the time. And we were transitioning, but because our lease is still not up for, like, a month or two, I was still, like, living with him. So it was this, you know, it created this space where the both of us could openly communicate with each other what was going on in our lives um, from a place of, like, not possessiveness or controlling, but, like, seeing each other as...
1: Yeah, like wherever you're at, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to be fair, like even if I knew she was still with Homeboy, I that wouldn't have stopped me at the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah.
0: that's really where I want to I want to go into that a little bit because everybody wants this epic love story, right? Everyone wants it. We are surrounded by. Movies and shit about it, which of course the movies leave out all the dark nights of the soul part and the actual stripping away of this facade to use Eric's words. I've heard it many times in our private conversations, like taking off the masks, like azima said, about that we've been wearing that we don't even we're so unconscious of the masks we wear. And so I want you guys to articulate and feel into this as best you can what was. It about each other? What was the pull, the magnetic pull you were feeling to each other's soul that you could not run away from? Or if you tried, the universe clearly brought you back. Like, what, what is it about you that even to this day, your connection, which I know has evolved and changed as any real conscious relationship does, but like, what do you think is at the center of your divine connection that keeps you wanting to be committed to being together? on this crazy planet
1: (laughs) i think for me i'm pretty willing whether it's alone i I usually prefer alone um to walk pretty far into the my own darkness and like I'll, i'll go far and the fact that she's been consistently willing to match that yeah
0: uh
1: and i felt that from the beginning like oh like like our initial conversations like went right to just <laughs> yeah just like who who i actually am and um these are the you know maybe the parts i like about myself these are the parts that are a, a little bit darker and um and that's where the conversation went early you know pr- prior to azima <laughs> i i always had i i had like i had a lot of arm charms and uh pretty smart you know they checked a good couple boxes but they were all like just spiritually disconnected, yes. Um, and I remember like <laughs> trying to hand them like Eckhart Tolle books. Like, hey, this. They're
0: like, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah.
1: And like they like got angry about that shit. Oh, I, I'm sure like, they did. Yeah,
0: I remember,
1: yeah. I remember, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> and so like I was always like, felt, man, I'm like always, man. If I could just like find and and really, what ended up having to happen is I ended up having to do a, a lot of work. Um, in between, you know, the, the women, couple women that I was dating prior to her seriously. Yeah. Um, and then after I had done a, a significant chunk of work, we met, uh, right after, and I was not healed by any means, but I had apparently done enough work to yeah. actually be in relation with somebody that, that could be in that space with me. Right. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Everybody, like you said, thinks they want that, right? And they want, and I think the thing is, I want the good feeling. I want the specialness. I want this perfect person, right? Do I want to be there when the dark stuff starts popping up and it's like, and it's it hard and it's going to take some fucking work because being in a relationship, has it's it's astounding to me like and, and this really is, is dipping into my work a little bit more but yeah. how little being in a relationship has to do with the other person and, and more <laughs> with my reactions to that person right and all the ways that i interpret what they're doing and what that means about mm-hmm. me how special i am and yeah um, and all the all the the, the stuff that comes yeah. up it, it almost has nothing to do with the other person like they're simply a mirror
0: oh Oh boy, the interpretation. Everyone listening, did you hear what Eric said? All the time, someone could say, How are you? Your ego, inner child, and dark, the dark side of being in a human body, which is just it's polarity here, is interpreting that how are you, right? Tone, delivery, timing. And yes, that all matters. That's why we all talk about being intentional and communication, being heart-centered. Because if I go like there's this, listen to me say this right now. How are you, Eric? what's underneath that is I don't give a fuck how Eric is. If I say, how are you, Eric? Like, how is life? How's things treating you? You see the difference in the frequency when you're in relationship with someone, when you're living together, when you're in deep intimacy to to speak to Azima's point, you are going to be constantly interpreting and misinterpreting to what Eric's alluding to what they're saying to you. So I want you to go time, into that all, all the time.
1: Right. So like learning, this was like really paradigm shifting for me is that, and I'll say this as a fact and people can get pissed off on it. And that, that's <laughs> fine. fine. How I com- how I perceive life, right. How I perceive her, my entire experience, absolutely not one bit of it is based on facts.
0: Mm. Every
1: single bit of it, every, all of it, how I experience everything. Yeah. is based off interpretation
0: illusions illusion
1: all of it the yeah. meaning that i attach to it the meaning that i give my experiences is how i experience it right and it's based off filters it's based off programming etc cetera, etc cetera. none of it is based off
0: facts let that settle in everyone let that settle in yeah it's real
1: and it's one of my favorite conversations to have so like you know we've gone through we've gone through a lot of like rough periods because we we like consciously continue to dig and sometimes what you dig up is not the most fun stuff to come up and so while we're both doing this sometimes it happens at the same time hopefully not uh usually it's staggered <laughs> so yeah it's together. nice it's a little
0: nicer recently work.
1: it has not been staggered yeah. and it's been at the same time and, and that's been particularly challenging <laughs> um <laughs> because a lot of our our core interpretations were being called into question at the same time and uh yeah and so what but the, the gift of that when that happens because you, you you spoke you spoke into this is like okay if we're both going through this dark stuff right now and and maybe my bandwidth is a little low right I'm barely holding space for me I I don't know that I can hold space for you too and and so that calls on me to be responsible and and, and it's going to call on her to be responsible like okay in this moment in time this isn't forever right now i'm going to have to be responsible for all the ways that i'm interpreting this right yeah i want him to come comfort me and i can have the story that maybe he doesn't love me or 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 i'm not important or whatever it's like the communication has to become so frequent And clear, and it has to come from a place of ownership, right? And 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 when I communicate that, I have to also understand she still might not receive it, right? Like way that I would consider well, right, or a way that I would like or feel comfortable with. So when I have to tell her, I don't have the bandwidth right now because I'm working through some stuff, and she gets hurt and she feels rejected. That's more stuff that comes up for me that I get to deal with is how I feel when my wife feels hurt and rejected. I want to come save her from that. And it's not my job.
0: Right, That's right. Oh.
1: That's hard. It's hard because I grew up in an abusive household where I wanted nothing more than to save my mom. Right. And so I couldn't. Right. But when it comes up for her, like that little kid in me wants to jump in there and save her. And what I've had to like come to terms with is that's not my job. Yes. It's not my job. And I'm actually doing her yeah. a disservice if I do that continually
0: you thank you thank you Eric oh my gosh Azima do you want to respond to that babe do you have anything to add to that my love
2: yes um I think too and this is why I got like a little bit emotional in the beginning after that question is that you know what continuously just kind of anchors me back is just the amount of pure love that's underneath it and how both of us are willing to you know just surrender our dark shit right (laughs) like not knowing what the outcome would be if I told him my deepest darkest shit and not attaching to the outcome not trying to manipulate what I'm going to say about myself and present it to this guy but like being like this is me and you know (laughs) With divine guidance, maybe he'll still stick around, <laughs> you know, and maybe you'll he'll, he'll be able to grow into love to welcome these parts of me. And time and time again, time and time again, we do that for each other. <laughs> it's so freaking wild. Um, because it really is a fucking force that moves mountains, everything from like You know, me stepping out of like little girl mode and stepping into my power that only happened because, you know, he also presented to me like some of his deepest, darkest shit that, yes, (laughs) that you wouldn't normally share with everybody. But it's like a, it's an offering for me to also step out big in that way, right? Everything from, yeah, moving away from my home into like Thailand, yeah. and then after that like you know calling me out when I'm in my shit and I can't see it right which mm-hmm. gave me the choice either to stay in it or to expand myself and go get the support and healing that I need because he can't be the one um am doing that for me so I had to go seek my own freaking like community and support and the next level of that was moving across the world to really lean into my real desire of expanding outside of the conf- confines of, of Singapore, right? Or it, I've always known since I was a kid, I've had visions and dreams since I was a kid that I wasn't meant to stay there. I was. I would literally have these um, recurring nightmares of being jolted up from sleep and being pulled out of yeah. the house. I believe it. it. Yep. Yep. And I had to listen to that and, you know, break through all these barriers within myself, um, these programmings, I was like infused into my being around like who I could and should marry or be in union with.
0: Um, Oh yeah. About that. All those traditions, you had to break so many traditions and Azima, I know the traditions you've had to navigate that you've had to break through that are, I mean, we talk about the program riddled in programming, and this isn't to blame the cultures right your culture is not to blame this is about programming to further control people especially women but it controls men just as much it's just it manifests differently and i just have to say when you guys talk i get chills like everyone listening if you're ever in the company of these two powerful fucking humans you will be like moved by being around them like you both are oh, I can't express it enough. It is, this is so sacred. Like you both are so sacred and also so protected because of the work you're here to do and the next level things you've had to transcend and continue to have to transcend to be leading by example. Like I know, and I, I, I deeply respect transparency in a way, like when people are doing this work, you, we've talked a lot privately about the bullshit, uh, the full of shit people in the spiritual space that are not really doing this work. And I just want to honor both of you for the work that you do. I will, I seriously like bow down to you both in the best, most highly aligned way, because um, I have never heard a conversation like that from a couple in union ever. And I've listened to a lot of content and a lot of couples. I really feel that you guys are in a very small camp of couples in union that are doing this kind of work. And I want to Can I I
1: talk on that for a minute, Lo? And 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 like what I really feel like that is, it's like how honest with myself am I willing to get, right? And and like sometimes, and this has happened even like within our container of our relationship is there have been times where I have not been willing to look at something honestly because what my interpretation of what lie on the other side of that was terrifying, right? And so imagine if you're a couple and you're like shit, I feel this way, and I feel like if I expose this to my partner right i don't know that they're going to meet me mm. where i want to be met right and then i have an interpretation about what that means if they won't meet me there and like i want like it's so common i just see this so so much in my work is that and this happens this can happen in our relationship this can happen in any relationship is that i don't allow the other person to be right and so I, I like if i if i she has to have her own reactions no. right and no. and i can't control them all the time and sometimes they're triggering to me sometimes the way she reacts and responds is triggering to me that has nothing to do with her just because something she does triggers me just because of a, a thought and idea is triggering to me so i think most people or, or i won't say most people a lot of people don't even open that door they don't oh. open the scary door so True. it's like okay let's just shut up and and not bring that up. Right. And and so what ends up happening is there's a limitation to intimacy because they're limiting the intimate, they're limiting their intimacy with themselves. They won't even allow themselves to, to look at this. Yeah.
2: Limiting their capacity for themselves to feel and and agree that same space for another person, uh, and in union with another person. So like how
1: far into my own self-honesty, like how real can I get with myself about these dark places that i hide from right
0: Mm -hmm. that's right
1: but perhaps many perceive as okay like whatever they would perceive about our relationship i think what they're perceiving is our willingness to just be honest with ourselves first yeah yeah and and i can't once i'm honest with myself i can't hold it in like i fucking have to be honest or Like I, I just, I for whatever reason, that's the way I'm wired. It's like, okay, this is true, even though I might hold on to it for a couple of days because it's it's painful and it's scary, right? It's like, okay, I'm gonna come to you with this because this is what's true for me right now. Take a deep breath. And it's like you can do with this whatever you're gonna do with it, but that's what's yeah. true. So it's a big fucking roll of the dice sometimes. So that's <laughs> what you know, oh, I don't man, know, I don't know how she's gonna react, respond to
0: this, right? right. You know, I want to speak too about energetic sovereignty in union with people, with with someone, with people, with someone. It's like you're still you, Eric. Azima is still Azima, and then there's this like third being that you nurture, which is your union, your relationship, your marriage, in your case. And so it's like, you know, everybody's afraid of being left. It's just what it is. And when sex is involved, and when romance is involved, and all that we've been programmed to believe that's supposed to deliver to us, right, Eric, to what you're alluding to, which is my partner is everything to me. Not only am I having this, we speak frankly here, not only am I I having the most epic sex I've ever had in my life, they're also the provider, the protector, they they are my therapist, they are my friend, they are my family, they are my mother, they they are my father, they are my healer. No, absolutely not. And that's why I think we, all of us on this episode right now have done a lot of work to continue to have to Azima's point, different spaces and groups and people in our lives that can hold space for us in different ways. Am I right?
1: Yeah. So what, what you just said is, is like, and, and she could speak on this as well, but what I heard you say is there, when I make this person, this, 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 and this, right. That's when I absolve myself of all personal responsibility for my actual, Amen. how I felt my experience. Right. And the minute I do that, The minute I make her responsible for how I feel, I've now placed myself in the role of victim. Every time, all the time, right? If I I absolve my personal responsibility, sovereignty over my experience, it's her responsibility. Now I'm a victim. I've given up my power. That's right.
0: I want to speak and kind of end end on this which will probably go deep a little bit about commitment and devotion two of my favorite words in the world. I truly feel and this is my my uh personal belief and my desire. This comes deep deep from within my soul. I've always said and the more I study the soul and the actual part of us the human is just a version of us for a temporary time. The soul desires commitment and devotion the soul don't want no open relationship it doesn't i the soul in my opinion desires that devotion and commitment the human gets in the way of that to your guys's point you're speaking about the ego the piece of us the inner child the wounded victim the and all that stuff is valid right that's the thing i'm not here to invalidate what we've all gone through as children what we're uh also the generational cycles and patterns you two are breaking with your ancestral line we forget about that. That's a big, we're holding a boulder up a mountain that we feel we're walking alone. And when you're in union, you're actually not walking alone. But to Eric's point, you're still, you still have to be responsible for your energetic sovereign being your soul in that body, right? So it's not on the part, your partner to save you and and all that. But um, I just believe we desire devotion and commitment. That's what everybody's searching for. People search the ends of the earth for this. And they leave probably the person they're maybe meant to be with and the universe keeps bringing them back because the the person where it's the hardest, in my opinion, is the one that you're going to have the most epic love with. Epic love. Let's think about the phrase epic. It's like in old times, it was war. There was all these obstacles you had to it's overcome. It's a journey, an
1: epic. If you it's think right. about an epic, it's when, when they say the word, it's an epic, right? It's a journey
0: a journey like and I just want to talk to you guys and get your perspective on the how you think about commitment and devotion because you're certainly living it you're living it without even saying it and I think that there's just this beautiful story and testimony to have that you're you're gonna have that you already have and will continue to nurture which is I stayed with someone through all the seasons versions and iterations of me I stayed And moved through all that darkness, all that pain, and experienced ecstasy and light and bliss with that person I committed to versus fragmenting my energy with all these people. Because really, what I'm doing, which I'm sure Eric will say, is I'm running from my shit. So, the person that doesn't ask me to open the door to my darkness is easy to be with, very easy. Mm -hmm. Inside, we all know those relationships that we're in. I'm friends with people right now that are in them that are trying to break free of them, where it's like, I feel empty inside, even though it's easy. So talk to me about commitment and devotion, my loves.
2: Mm. Commitment and devotion. Um. Yeah, is that continuous... First, that continuous commitment and devotion to meet yourself, right? Back to yep. the responsibility bit. And then, you know, trusting that this person that has come into my life to be in union with me is, you know, sent here through the divine. Like the divine is teaching me through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, past all the stories of like what humans and biases and perceptions um, created and told me to believe I get to have an experience with that right? And commit to that, commit to having my own experience of the divine through my relationship.
0: Yes, babe. You know, (laughs) that's it, it, my love. And being in union, like this is going to maybe trigger some people, but it really is divine union. The term, the phrase, which is what a lot of us are here to have means that you're with the counterpart that God designed for you So both of you are versions of God to each other. It's like God in human form. I say that in like a very again, it's not about, oh, this person is God. It's about the frequency of God is in this person. And it surprises a lot of us because of the darkness it calls up in us and all the shit we have to work on. We think that the person we're meant to be with is supposed to flow and be easy and fluid and oh, that's
1: such bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't happen.
0: It
2: just uh, that force that is just so. Force. powerful that it breaks down
0: that's right all
2: yeah. these illusions of being separate from another person like we come from different Ooh. parts of the fucking world yes, you, from, you know collectives that have been at war with each other yes. at the beginning of fucking time yes. and yet, so much love <laughs> and so to like experience this on like a personal level and then seeing the shadows still playing out in the world outside it's like healing within this relationship and committing to this process to this journey you know is a little example or I don't know experience that I get to like also like expand and ripple out right? Ah,
0: yeah Absolutely. Yeah. So
1: as Azima said, I think the first thing with commitment and devotion is the commitment and devotion I have to myself to continue to grow, right? And whatever that looks like. And it's interesting. I agree with that the soul does want commitment and it does want devotion, I think, to a singular person. Um, Azima and I have both dabbled in in non-monogamy at various different relationships and yes. i think but the devotion there is it's not i don't want to be in a relationship with anybody else right but the devotion there is like okay what's like what's in what what is calling you to that right in an honest question and like and, and not just question but support like okay if that's what you need to experience yes. to for, for whatever your reasons are that's okay. Like, like, and, and and whatever comes up for me around that is something that I'll have to, I have to work through and vice versa. I had a really, you know, really interesting experience with just the idea, like what, what, this is what commitment looks like to me. Okay. And it is a, it is a constant turning of the mirror, right. Uh, or, or turning of the finger that's pointing back to myself. So, you know, we had experienced a, a bit of time where, I was feeling I was feeling turned off by her, right? For some and I I couldn't explain it, right? Like I didn't want to be in her energy and
2: and I could feel
1: it and she could feel it, right? And then I would get even more triggered by her feeling of rejection because I could feel her feeling of rejected. I felt responsible for that, right? And and it was really bringing me to a place where I had to start to question the the future of our relationship right it's like man the idea of being free of this right now if i if i was like to think right—and i had to tell her this the idea of going and being on my own feels like that freedom feels amazing right now right when i when i'm to envision that now that's fucking terrifying to say to to your partner or at least it was for me um and then I told her that and, and I got to get some emotions out, but then a couple of days later, as I'm I'm sitting and I'm, uh, I'm supporting some other people through, through their own stuff. I start to see, man, what I'm actually upset with is that I stopped maintaining my own boundaries. Right. And jumping in to be the savior for her. Um, because, you know, I didn't want her reactions when I wanted her to do something on her own that I felt like she was capable of. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to get honest about that, that I for I forwent my own boundaries. So there's my responsibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was creating this resentment towards her. Right. I don't want to be around you because I didn't feel like, like I could trust you, but I wasn't allowing yourself to, I wasn't allowing her to step into that space. right Right? i was coming in and saving her constantly and so i got to speak into that and i said i can't i'm not going to do that anymore Mm -hmm. right and so even just like like we just had something come up recently where it's something i normally would have stepped in like you know what i'll take care of it and i said no you you can take care of this like i know that you can take care of this and so i think there was a bit of resistance on her part at first but then like she's like no yeah i can take care of this and she fucking took care of it and it's like so and I, I think this happens, and people could get mad at this. I really do believe the role of the masculine is to sort of, uh, at times, present the the opportunities of growth to the partner. That doesn't mean that the woman can't step into that at times either. Uh, uh, but but that's been the continual theme of our relationship. I think.
2: Yeah, and I and you know like, yes, like the maybe shadow side of me that wants to stay small like wants to you know have everything done for me but really deep down there's also another part of me that wants to expand that wants to break out of these stories right so i want a partner that will tell me fucking no
0: yes.
2: <laughs> you know, i want a partner yes. <laughs> who tells me you know who who checks me checks right. reminds me that hey no you can fucking do this shit Right. You know, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I get yeah. I forgot. I forgot. I forget sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, when also, I have to like, out.
0: Yes. And also the positive side of having your mirror with you, because mm-hmm. it's like your mirror is going to say, hey, remember your power? You can do that. What? Why, why do you want me to do that for you? You know, we save ourselves. Everyone listening. We save ourselves. When you're in divine union, you do. As a byproduct, help each other learn how to save oneself, to Eric's point. And you both live this, and I know how difficult. It has been and will continue to be. It's so <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> like it's hard. And don't you think it's hard because of the programming though? Like the kinds of relationships we grew up with or saw or see. Yeah, our- well, it's all programming, it's right? All, yeah, so it's, it's all it's all the my interpretations
1: are largely programming, right? right? How how like listen, how many of your interpretations have you chosen? <laughs> consciously chosen. So, so how do I know who I really am until I've like taken a look at how I look at certain things, like, yeah. like your political leanings, whatever it is, like, sure. where did you get those from? Okay. Yeah. Now, if you get really quiet with yourself and really honest, is that what you would choose if you were the one choosing your interpretations? And so as I start to like dig in and start to confront a lot of the programming that that I received, like there was a time when I was like a kid you know, in the, like I grew up in the, in the eighties and nineties, right. I was a small kid in the eighties. Like the idea of like gay was like, I got programmed to think that was the worst fucking thing in the world, especially like growing up in like a, a, you know, a lower middle class neighborhood, like not open-minded at all. Right. right? It's like, as I got older, I got to look at that programming and and like, I started working with gay people in nightclubs. And like, I was like, and something about that's like, Something feels like I like these people. You know what I mean? Like I, I like, or I like the people, at least the ones that I'm working with. So it's like, so I got to challenge points of view. You know, just, just a simple example. Um, right. And it's like now I wouldn't even, I couldn't even fathom thinking like that, right? Like, like dividing somebody from or cutting somebody out of my 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 circle because of race or or sexual orientation or something like that. That's not even fathomable to me, right? Yeah. So. That's like a little bit, maybe more like an extreme example, but how I feel about a lot of things is not based off anything that I chose oftentimes. Now, just because I didn't choose it to start with does not mean I'm not responsible to examine it now, right? So, okay, these are the beliefs I have. How are they working for me? Are they bringing me the results in my life, the experience that I love?
2: Yeah. And that like, I think speaks into too, when it comes to like having- union being in union with other people also creating that inner union within yourself of your own masculine feminine allowing yourself to feel the fucking feelings around these stories around these like programmings around these perceptions and then your masculine comes in to create the action that is in alignment with where you want to go right are you gonna operate out of like the inner fuck boy or are you gonna operate out of the divine masculine inner brave heart, william wallace that you know fights for his 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 loved ones his community right like that has to exist within yourself before um that ripples out into your interpersonal relationships uh, whether it's romantic or you know friendships career relationships your relationships of community that inner union has to be there
0: it's the perfect place to end my loves thank you i could talk to you both well you know i talk to you a lot (laughs) (laughs) i just want to say eric azima and myself are co-creating something that we will reveal in due time with some other epic humans more to come it is divinely channeled and guided and we are very excited because we're going to be creating a lot of community for conversations like this a a membership, a community that comes together in person and, and elsewhere to really go deep. They were both at my rebirth party recently in San Diego, and this so much opened up for all of us around that. And it's because people are craving this kind of conversation, but to bring it into their lives, to live this way and you both live this way. And I just honor you so much. I love you both so much. I support you in everything you do. And it's such an honor to have you on. So thank you. I would love for you both to uh, let everyone know how they can connect with you, work with you, follow you, stalk you, (laughs) healthy stalking, but like people need you. So please, please plug all the things right now and anything you have going on that you want to make sure people are aware of.
1: Uh yeah, so you can follow me at Eric the Gentleman on Instagram. That's the easiest place to get in touch with me. Pretty active. Like if people DM me or, or you know ask questions, I'm I'm pretty good about responding to that. Um, we do have a monthly Dennis Martin and I do have a monthly men's circle. we will be doing this Sunday, actually. I, I what's the twelfth this Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, eleventh at, at, at uh Nalu Healing Ranch, twelve thirty. So, um, we do have that. It's the second Sunday of each month we hold a men's circle. Okay. Uh, and I together, and I've got some cool things coming. So, uh, to follow, just yeah, follow my Instagram. Everything's on there.
2: Perfect. And me, follow me at I am dot Mighty uh, in Instagram. That is the <laughs> direct translation of my name. Hello. And I work with people one on one. In twelve-week intensive, uh, one-on-one containers, but I also have some offerings in the works. My website will be up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, right. I got a lot of juicy things coming up. Um, I also also host a women's circle every first Sunday of the month at Nalu Healing Ranch, and that covers everything from relationships, intimacy, sex, sexuality, sensuality yes um, emotional alchemy and uh, the women's circle is called things your mama don't want you talking about mm. so we get into all this stuff all the all the things that <laughs> you were programmed not to talk about
0: <laughs> I'm obsessed i love that you both hold host circles of community for those deeper conversations thank you for doing that and we will make sure everything is linked in the show notes thank you my soul family i love you both so much and i'm so so grateful for you thank you for being here and sharing your heart with my deepest gratitude thank you for listening today thank you for being here with me and the incredible souls that i'm honored to have these expansive conversations with i pray you remember your divinity i pray you know that you're here for a big mission. I pray you realize your gifts are a gift to this world and that you just being you is enough. I pray you know you are worthy of everything you deeply desire and that the higher realms and the magical, mystical forces all around you are guiding you. Allow them to trust yourself. You have a spark of the divine in you. Act accordingly.